We now continue with more of The Mark Milton Show with The Smash on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. All right, welcome back to The Mark Milton Show with The Smash. Uh, today we have a very special guest. Uh, we are honored to have the state treasurer for the great state of Missouri, Scott Fitzpatrick. Uh, Scott, welcome to the program. Thank you. Good to be here. Well, we are we are so happy to have you here. Uh, we thought we'd talk a little bit about uh, your background, which I know Smash read up on you, and he was yeah. very very impressed. Uh, you started a dock repair company when you were in high school. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, I started uh, started out working on boat docks uh, when I was in high school, and and uh, kind of focused on that uh, when I was in college, and after I get graduated from college, building that into a boat dock manufacturing and and uh, construction company. But I got to salute you because all I was doing when I was 17, when you started your thing, I was like, you know, mowing lawns, hoping somebody let me rake their leaves or something like that, man. You're building docks and you're taking care of maritime type of stuff. You are to be heralded, sir. Well, you know, I mean, you know, mowing lawns, uh, at least you were doing something. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of kids when they were 17 weren't, weren't doing anything. So, uh, I think that, uh, you should be commended as well. Well, I appreciate it because back then it was just called mowing lawns. Now it's, landscaping <laughs> so uh, yeah. so so you're doing this when you're in high school you go to college i mean the business continues to grow um tell us about that tell us about that growth what you envisioned for the company when and, and kind of where it is today yeah well it was kind of uh the way i got into actually building docks it was kind of a uh, you know a an accident really it was uh there was a storm that went through uh table rock lake area and it tore some docks up and i saw that on the news and so i got in my truck and drove over and found the docks that the news had reported on being destroyed and i found a guy that uh, owned one of them and asked him if he'd let me give him a bid on building him a dock and he said yes and so i uh, i gave him a bid and he put me in touch with his neighbor because his dock actually lift was lifted out of the water and landed on his neighbor's dock Oh boy! And so they both needed new docks, and so I was able to get both of those people to sign contracts uh, for uh, new docks. And that was probably oh, that was a few months before I graduated high school. Huh? And so I knew a little bit about you know I'd worked on docks uh, you know for a few summers uh, before that, and uh, you know so I knew I knew enough about docks to to you know put together a bid. You know it was kind of doing a material takeoff and. You know, an estimation on how much labor it was going to take, and and so at that point, I outsourced uh, the manufacturing. I didn't have the equipment or the you know the facility to manufacture the components at that time, and so I uh, basically outsourced that that part of it and put together a crew. And we went out and started building the docks, and uh, you know, I kind of just took the cash flow from those deals and started advertising, bought some equipment, uh, and you know, the one thing led to another, and that. That first year, so that year I graduated from high school, we had, we did about six hundred and seventy five thousand dollars in sales. Wow! And wow. Uh, really, and that was so that was kind of how I got started out in that first year. It was uh, uh, then going on to college. You know, I hired uh, somebody to be kind of a a sales manager, and I took, you know, I took the checkbook and all the, you know, all the, uh, uh, you know, I was basically keeping the books on a laptop in my dorm room, and was traveling back and forth. Uh, on the weekends, checking on, checking on things, checking on the jobs and whatnot. And, uh, you know, the, the year after that we doubled, we did a, my 
So that first uh, full year I was in college, we did uh, a million two in sales wow. and doubled it again the next year. And that was 2008. So 2008, you know, towards the end of 2008, um, you know, things got pretty challenging. We had a, and earlier in 2008, had signed one job that was uh, about a million dollars. So it made up about 40% of our revenue for the year. And that job ran into some financial challenges, most uh, probably 70% of the way through it. And so we were owed quite a bit of money. Uh, the bank that financed it was Washington Mutual and was a bank. They were one of the banks that failed mm. uh, during the Great Recession. And so there was some challenges with uh, cash flow uh, on that on that job. And the last part of the order ended up getting canceled. So I was in a, a pretty bad situation there for a little bit, uh, you know, during the recession and had to kind of claw my way out of that. Um, and, you know, when we got kind of back on stable footing, uh, you know, that's kind of that that kind of experience dealing with uh, the recession and, and having right. to fight with government on the little work that we could get to get permitted. Uh, was kind of the thing that started getting me interested in politics. I really didn't care about politics in high school uh, or first part of college, for that matter, um, and started paying attention a little bit later on. Well, Scott Fitzpatrick was sworn in on January 14th of 1919, 47th treasurer of the state of Missouri, and he is with us here on the Mark Milton Show. Let me just fire this off at you. Scott, and that is working as much as you did. How in the world did you wind up with a wife and two kids, man? <laughs> well, uh, uh, you know, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> it is, my, okay. Uh, no, I got I got engaged in uh, December of 2012. So after I won the won the election, um, I decided I was going to uh, ask uh, my wife to marry me. Yeah, and uh, so she said yes, and ended up moving back to Southwest Missouri and, you know, it's just really a balancing act, you know, I'm fortunate in that, you know, at the time the legislature was a part-time, you know, I was only in Jefferson city uh, about four months a year for four days a week. And, um, you know, with the, uh, the business, I had some, some, I still have some really great people there that uh, do a wonderful job managing the day-to-day operations of the, of the company. And so it was really just kind of balancing and relying on folks at, at, at Maricorp to do their to do their part, have you know good staff. When I was in the House of Representatives, had a great staff in that. Uh, and then when uh, you know in 2015, uh, my wife and I had uh, had twins, and uh, so that was a surprise for us. And you know we were uh, we spent four months uh, in the NICU with them when they were born. They had some they uh, have some health complications uh, and some developmental. Uh, challenges and so it's been a uh, you know definitely a big experience and you know i'd be lying to you if i uh said that it you know at times it wasn't challenging i mean it is it's challenging to to balance all that uh especially in a statewide office but i feel like i'm you know my wife has been very supportive uh she's an incredible mother and incredible wife and you know like i said so i'm just i guess i'm just blessed to be surrounded with good people who have been supportive of me that that's awesome um and and one of the advantages you have as well is you are also a licensed pilot, correct? That's correct. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a yeah, I'm a pilot. So I I do commute uh I do commute back and forth between Jefferson City and home uh very frequently uh, via via airplane, yeah. Okay, so your your budget chair and uh I believe it was was it 20 17 you get the point or 2018 you get appointed by the governor to become treasurer 
Well, let's see, I was, yeah, so I, well, I, I got to the house, I got on the budget committee. I was, you know, when, one of the first things they ask you when you get into the house is what uh, committees you want to be on. And I hadn't really given a whole lot of thought to that. I knew why I was there. It was because I was frustrated with government and, and I wanted to try to get the attention of bureaucrats and, you know, help make government more responsive to people. Uh, and so I was trying to think of the best way to do that. And I figured uh, the best way to do it would be to control their money. And then, so that's why I focused on the budget and uh, ended up vice chairman my second term in the House and then chairman my third term in the House. So then it was in. I guess December of 2018, uh, after Josh Hawley was elected to the U.S. Senate, uh, Treasurer Schmidt was appointed by the governor to become Attorney General Schmidt to fill the, the office vacated by Josh Hawley. And then uh, after that, he had to, you know, the governor had to appoint somebody to be the treasurer. And so, uh, you know, the governor and I, he uh, asked me to be the treasurer and I uh, accepted and I was honored to have that opportunity. And so in January of last year, I was sworn in as treasurer. So he, at 31 years old, he becomes That's the treasurer of Missouri, yeah. statewide office holder. I mean, it's pretty, pretty remarkable. And I actually had, I was, I was fortunate. Uh, the treasurer asked me to be on his transition team and I got to learn nice. a lot about their office. And it's really pretty amazing. The, the stuff they do. One of the big things, uh, unclaimed property. So mm. people who, you know, maybe they have a safety deposit box at yeah. their local bank. They pass away. N nobody, nobody goes to right. claim it. They have an entire room at the treasurer's office of unclaimed property. No Physic not just, you know, so there's money that's out there that ends up getting kicked back to the state if somebody dies or if somebody doesn't claim it. But there's also physical stuff that their office literally goes through and, and auctions off and, and, and puts into a fund. Uh, talk a little bit about that, well, Scott. Well, I'll tell you what, Scott, the reason I never claimed any of that stuff is i figured that was the government looking for me you know <laughs> but that's for real well, it's probably not a it's probably you know if you, like if you if you have a warrant out we might find you you know, okay. I know. No, I, okay. we're, we're not the law we're not we're not law enforcement although funny story you know we used to so a lot of times you get a safe deposit box and you know it has firearms you, know, you have firearms in them and so uh, i guess at a certain point this is after this is long before i was the treasurer you know the we we keep all that stuff in a in a big uh, safe room at the in the basement of uh, our office building across from the Capitol, the Truman Building, and uh, you know the the building's protected by Capitol Police. And I guess one day, Capitol Police came into the unclaimed property office and said, um, "Guys, we got a little bit of a problem here." And they said, "What's that?" He said, "Well, you have more guns than we do. We need to because <laughs> we had all these." all these guns that we got out of safe deposit boxes stored in the, uh, stored in the Truman building. So, uh, we now have moved those over the highway patrol has, has, uh, stores our guns for us. Yeah. And, uh, if we have somebody that it comes to claim a safe deposit box that contained a firearm, we end up, we have a process to bring the gun, uh, the firearm down from highway patrol and, and do a handoff to, to return that property. But yeah, we get all kinds of stuff. Uh, you know, Mark mentioned, uh, you know, the safe deposit boxes, we get about a thousand of those a year turned over to us from banks uh, across the state whose folks have, whose uh, renters hadn't paid rent on them for five years or more. They have to drill those, send them in to us. And you find a lot of interesting things in safe deposit boxes from, um, you know, you find, uh, uh, you know, obviously family heirlooms, you know, jewelry, sure. things like that. Uh, sometimes you find, um, you know, we've had documents that were signed by a U.S. president. Uh, we've had, uh, we had an original animation from the movie The Little Mermaid. One of the animations was in no there. Way. Uh, so, 
Yeah, so you just find a lot of a lot of different stuff. Um, you know, we had one some lady put a clown suit in a safe deposit box, and we had <laughs> not sure. You know, so you know, one person's uh, trash is another's treasure, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, so you just never know. But we also get you know large sums of money turned over to us. We get about a hundred million dollars uh, a year turned over to us, and 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 cash, well, not physical cash, but, you know, and money that's transferred to us from holders of unclaimed property. And uh, so we work really hard. We have about 17 people that their job is to return this money all, all day, every day, all year long. Wow. And uh, we returned about $45 million last year. Uh, so, you know, we're getting a lot more in every year than we're able to return. But we're, you know, we're uh, that $45 million we returned last year. Uh, that was a record and that's the most ever been returned in a single year. So that's astounding. Uh, yeah, we're, we're doing the best, we're doing the best we can. And, but we always try to raise awareness about it and talk about it because, uh, you know, there's things people say, well, what, what would cause unclaimed property? Well, we get life insurance proceeds. If somebody passes away and they have a life insurance policy, if the company can't locate the beneficiary that gets turned over to us, uh, we have uncashed checks that get, uh, that get turned over to us. So, you know, so, I had a, a a lady I know from back home that uh, saw her name on our unclaimed property list when we printed it in the paper, and uh, she said, "Well, what do I have?" And so I looked it up for her, and she had uh, ten thousand dollars worth of dividends that had been paid to her from AT and T. AT and T was sending dividend checks to her old address. She never updated her address with the company, and so all these paper checks that AT and T had been mailing out had been going uncashed. And uh, over time, that added up to be a lot of money. And so, uh, you know, she got $10,000 back that she didn't even know she had. So that's, you know, I encourage everybody to look on our website. You can go to showmemoney.com or treasurer.mo.gov. There's a search bar right at the top. You can type in your name and see if you've got un- unclaimed property. Well, nobody really listens to our show, but hopefully if they do, <laughs> they will take that information do it. and they will get some claimed property, unclaimed property. That was a, a word I always struggled with in law school was, they talked about it in trust and estates class. Esquite, esquite. If something, if it's something doesn't get claimed through probate, the money esquites to the state. Is that am I pronouncing that right? Uh, yeah. So uh, you know, there's times where uh, you know, uh, yeah. If, if 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 you can't figure out a way, I mean, if they, somebody can't locate it, uh, locate the owner, that money comes to us. Yeah, but there's an achievement process. Uh, that that is a difficult word. <laughs> Uh, that takes Thanks. place. Uh, that they're, they're, they, they call them achievement laws, uh, which governs you know what comes to us. Excellent. So what, tell us, uh, tell us some of your other uh, duties and responsibilities as the treasurer. Hey, before you do, I got to say this, man. This is like the coolest dude right here, <laughs> and he's like the state treasurer. And these are stories people don't know, man. Bravo to you for what you're doing over there, Scott. Uh, I, I appreciate appreciate the support. Uh, yes, sir. So, yeah, so Mark, uh, you know, so what we, you know, the other things we do, so the treasurer's office has uh, just under 50 employees total. And, uh, you know, like I said, about 17 or 18 of them are in unclaimed property. Uh, we run all the banking, uh, the banking services for the state. So we manage the banking relationships uh, across the state. We have over 150, uh, you know, deposit accounts or deposit contracts with banks across the state of Missouri. A lot of that is collection accounts because, you know, we basically have uh, we have a you know an office of the state or we have state employees in every county uh, of the state. And so when, you know, fee revenue comes in locally, you know, they're collecting money for certain things. 
they have to have a, a place to deposit that money. So we have deposit accounts that that money gets collected into. And then we manage basically all the, you know, the payments for the state. Uh, so with all those 150 accounts, uh, 150 plus accounts, that money, we, you know, transfer that money around and uh, co- use it to cover uh, payments of the state. Uh, so uh, when we have, we, we were, uh, we've run about, uh, I want to say about 2 million, million and a half, 2 million paper checks per year. Uh, payments that we approve and another three to four million ACH payments per year that get processed uh, by our office, uh, which is about thirty billion dollars a year of uh, of payments that we that we run. Um, we are in charge of reconciling all those accounts every month. So you know you figure you know you're you know we all have to reconcile our bank accounts at home. Well, we have one hundred and you know fifty or sixty uh, accounts to reconcile every month, and that's in addition to you know when we put you know, CDs out with banks, things like that, you know, make sure the interest uh, payments that we're receiving are correct. Uh, so that's the banking division. Banking division does quite a bit. They're a very important uh, uh, function within the office and, quite frankly, state government. If, uh, you know, the, the treasurer's office is an office that if uh, we didn't show up to work one day, state government would essentially be shut down because we wouldn't be able to pay any bills. And uh, that's what the people in banking do, and they do a really good job at it. We also run the investments for the state. So all that cash that we receive, you know, we just received a bunch of money from the federal government for this CARES Act thing. Believe it or not, when you're when you prepare to receive, you know, two and a half billion dollars or two point one billion dollars, uh, you know, within a few days, that actually takes some planning uh, because state law requires us to have those deposits collateralized. So we can't just uh, dump a couple billion dollars into a bank account and just walk away. We have to make sure that if that bank were to, you know, because FDIC insurance only covers each depositor up to two hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So uh, obviously, if you if we lost, uh, you know, if we dumped a couple billion dollars into a bank and they went bust, uh, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars would not be sufficient to uh, to recover that loss. So we require the financial institutions to collateralize our deposits, meaning they have to pro- provide us with. You know, securities in the form of like United States Treasury, uh, United States Treasuries or agency bonds, uh, federal home loan bank letters of credit, uh, things like that, that they can provide to us to collateralize that. That way, if uh, the bank were to fail while they were holding a large amount of our money, we would have some way to recover that. So we have to manage that collateral program, make sure that we have the appropriate amount of collateral on hand. And then we have to figure out where to put that money uh, to try to earn a return for the state. And so you know, we have an investments division that uh, runs uh, that program that basically is, is in charge of trying to figure out the best way to, to invest that money to earn a return on taxpayer money. Uh, and within that division, we also run what's called the Link Deposit Program. Uh, we call it Missouri First. And that's a program where we'll put money in a bank at a discounted rate of interest. So we'll give them a discount from market rate on the deposit, you know, if they, that they would normally be paying if we were going to give them a million dollars in a CD they would normally pay 2%, uh, you know, they'll get it at 1%. And in order to, and, and the uh, uh, back into that, that deposit is linked to a specific loan that that bank makes. So they basically submit an application with a borrower and that borrower's application comes to us. We approve it. We put the money in the bank. The borrower gets that loan, but the borrower gets a, a substantial discount on the interest rate that they pay. So if it's a 30% discount. So if the borrower is going to pay, uh, it's going to be paying 5% interest uh, on their loan, the bank would have to give that loan to them for 3.5%. So 
it's a, it's a good program that gets, uh, you know, it allows the state to work, the state to work with our banks across the state uh, to provide lower cost capital to businesses that are trying to expand and improve the economy in the state. So that, that's that, what the investments division. Is. That's awesome. The, one, the last thing I want to talk to you about, if you have time. So obviously I'm a tax lawyer. So 529s or something that comes up very, very often with my clients. And I always encourage people, especially, you know, now with the new change in the federal tax law, the funds in a 529 can be used to fund K through 12 ed- education up to $10,000 a year. So people that are planning to send their kids to private schools, which is pretty common in the St. Louis area, I always encourage them to invest in a 529 early, let that money grow tax-free, and you can use it for K through 12, up to 10 grand a year. And then also, you know, obviously the money grows, uh, hopefully it can be used for college. Tell us what your office, uh, what your role is with respect to 529s. Yeah, so uh, we run the 529 plan for the state and the and the treasurer's office. It's governed by a board that I'm the chairman of, and the uh, and the board basically relies on the staff of the treasurer's office to administer the program. And so uh, we do that. We also run, and I'm just going to throw in a plug here for the Able accounts. Uh, Mo Able absolutely is a uh, yeah. So it's 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 an offshoot of the 529 program, and it's for but it's for people with disabilities. So 529 is an education savings account, basically. Um, that you that has tax advantages and and uh, you know and and obviously uh, uh, is a good tool to use to save for college for people and now can be used for K twelve education. Able accounts can do all that and more for people with disabilities. They can be used for general living expenses uh, for people with disabilities, and it allows those people uh, who want to contribute to society but who may have been unable to get a job because they can't have assets because if they do have assets, they would lose benefits like Medicaid and SSI that they have to have to survive. And so what it's done is it's told these people, Hey, you don't have to worry about having assets as long as you have an enable account. Uh, you still get all the tax advantages that you get on a 529 plan in terms of you get a tax deduction for your contributions to the account. Uh, you don't pay tax on the money when you take it out as long as it's used for qualifying expense and uh the investment earnings in the account are tax-free so it's kind of like a roth ira um except that you get the added benefit of getting the, the deduction on your contributions so on the 529 side uh like you said the federal law was expanded to allow k-12 uh, expenditures as an allowable use of the 529 plan and so what that's done is it's basically given people who who are paying tuition to send their kids to private school an opportunity to put money into a 529 account and then get a state tax deduction uh, on basically the, those contributions that they've been using to pay their tuition. So it's a good way to save, you know, five and a half percent on your state income tax uh, on, or, or in state income tax on your payments for K-12 tuition. Uh, and so we've tried to promote that a lot, let people know about it because we think people need to be taking advantage of that. And the other thing we tell people is, you don't even if you're even if your kids going to school next year and you didn't start a 529 account, uh, it's not too late to use the to benefit from it. Obviously, it's better to start early because you can save and you that that those uh, investment earnings compound on each, on itself uh, and the account grows and so ultimately you're going to save yourself money, uh, you know, in terms of your principal paying college because you have those investment earnings to use. But even if your kids getting ready to go to college next year, open up a 529 account. And put your 
put your money that you're going to use to pay tuition into the 529 account before you pay your tuition because all that has to happen in order to get that deduction is money has to go into the account and then it can go straight back out to the account to pay tuition and you get that tax deduction. Yeah, so and you we, can do up to, if you're a married couple, you can do 16 grand a year off your Missouri really? Missouri income, wow. 8000 8, if you're individual. Now, you don't get a federal deduction when you do it, Correct. but it grows federally tax-free, which is great. Nice. Right. Yeah. No, no federal deduction. Yeah. So that's a good point to a point of clarification. The, the tax deduction is only on your state income taxes. Uh, but like you said, if you start early and you've got, uh, I mean, if you start a 529 account when your kid is born, you could potentially, you know, if you, if everything times out right, you could potentially have a, an account with, uh, you know, a, a majority of the balances, uh, your investment earnings as opposed to your principal. And, uh, you know, when you withdraw that, you won't be paying any federal income tax. So it's a, it's a good, it's a good program. Beautiful. That is Scott Fitzpatrick. He is your state treasurer, Missouri. I tell you what, man, I do a lot of roles here at the Mark Milton show. Everybody just calls me the smash Scott, but sometimes they call me the great smash Tradamus cause I look into the future. And with that, I'm saying, <laughs> Governor Scott Fitzpatrick someday, <laughs> buddy, because I have become so enlightened by you. You're such a sh just a sharp dude, man. Salute. Hey, I I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Uh, Smash Tradamus. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> in my back pocket. I like that. All right, buddy. We'll catch you on another occasion, and that's the way we do it. We turn you on to good stuff. Turn you on to good people. Turn you on to the treasurer of the state of Missouri. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks, guys. All right. Man, now that was pretty cool. That was a cool dude right there. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and the, and the guy is, like, in charge of so many things, but he's on top of the game. You can tell he's on top of the game. He and he's knows 32 years old. Daggone it. At 32, I was still chasing women, man. <laughs> Daggone it. And I shouldn't have been. I was married. Hey, uh, that was a different story. Nevertheless, there you have it. Some Mark <laughs> Milton. More coming up in just a moment here. I don't know exactly what's next, but it's going to be good, all right? And for our international listeners, what I just said is, hold on, uno momento, por favor.